get your sunnies. Did you swap out lenses on those? You did. Well, no, yeah, these yeah. are these are uh, these are a, a custom custom whip. Nice. Somebody's another yeah. comment on the podcast. Where would I get those? <laughs> you, you buy this pair. You buy this pair. <laughs> you take out these lenses. I remember that that was one of the first pairs you uh, gave to me. Yeah, I was like, oh, those are sick. Where where which ones are those? You're like, oh, I I made these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here you go. It's <laughs> a custom job. Yeah. Along with being Gooder's CEO and co-founder, I also hold a role of chief culture cultivator. The purpose of this role is to make sure we evolve our culture appropriately as we grow. Notice I didn't say keep our culture the same. I believe the trap most founders and CEOs of fast growing companies fall into is this idea that they're going to keep their culture the same as they grow. It is impossible to keep the same culture from 10 people to 50 people to 100 people to 200 people where we'll be in the next couple of years. Instead, I'm focused on evolving our culture in the appropriate way. I love what I do, and I haven't felt like I've gone to work in years. And our culture is built on creating that feeling for everyone inside our building. Our two core values are fun and authenticity. So as long as our culture speaks to fun and authenticity, and it is geared at making sure everybody feels fulfilled and challenged in their jobs, we are evolving our culture in the appropriate way. A lot of things have changed at Gooder in the past year from our team structure to our productivity system, but I'm rarely attached to anything we do here. I'm way more interested in getting it right over being right. So the only constant at Gooder is change. And once you accept that, you've opened yourself up to an infinite adventure. Let's talk about all the changes happened in the past year at Gooder. Welcome to the Culture Gooder Podcast with Stephen Leese and Sean Tinney. This podcast is a behind-the-shades look at creating and changing culture inside of Gooder Sunglasses. You can live with the status quo, you can challenge the status quo, or you can do what we do at Gooder and status the quo challenge. Cool. All right. Well, before we get into all the changes, let's jump into a lightning round. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. What do you like best about Basset Hound, Stephen? <laughs> I mean, I love so much. I'm a hardcore runner. I don't want a dog I can run with. I want a lazy dog <laughs> that can uh, I can chill with. But what I like most about them is they're a caricature of a dog. If you were to go to like a cartoon artist at a fair and be like, draw a cartoon dog, it'd be a fucking basset hound. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite song? Oh, well, I don't have a favorite song. I just have different songs. Like right now, one of my favorite songs is uh, Purple Hat by Sophie Tucker. All right. Yep. Fair. Fair entry. Uh, who came up with the name Gooder? Oh, it was it was an original mission statement. We use the term, um, you know, run good. Uh, we use the term uh, Gooder. It was, that was Carrie's idea to use the use the word Gooder in our mission statement because we're we want to be an absurd brand, and mm -hmm. so we thought having you know grammatic incorrect grammar would be perfect. And then once that happened, we were just doing names, and I think. Ben might have originally came up with it, and then we realized that if you drop the E, it is way easier to trademark. We'll probably be able to get like you know emails and social handles. And Lawyer so thinking right there, yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of how it came to be. Nice, cool. Um, all right, is it possible to grow without changing? Well, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, would you rather lead change with a wand or a gavel? Oh, that's funny. Uh, I would actually rather lead. Uh, I would rather. Uh, inspire others to be excited to change. And so, I mean, I guess that would be wand because I think you get way more with sugar than spice. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a sailing analogy, something like that. Don't teach people to 
uh, learn to sail, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, butchered the quote, but you get it. I, I, I but I do know the quote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so man, it's been a long time since we, uh, we're podcasting with any kind of regularity and so much has changed. We're moving away from the idea of seasons, these ni- nicely packaged, uh, groups of episodes to just, you know, doing episodes. Um, and one thing that's become super clear is that as we look at how we do things and what's changed at Gooder, so much has changed yeah. and so much has changed about the way we do things. So, um, today we're going to run through a lot of those major changes and just thought we could start with our ecosystem. You know, we were talking of last time about how we had gone from totally flat structured to having flocks. Um, now flocks have become herds. So can you talk us through some of what those changes look like? Yeah, for sure. Originally I wanted to run Gooder as a completely flat structure. I wanted to have zero bosses. And we did that for a time, maybe up until we were about 30, 40. But what the reality is, is you can do that if everybody is an extremely high performer and uh, holds themselves accountable. But the reality is, is you actually kind of need leaders to guide people and mentor them. So we introduced the flock system. So we had... This time, last summer, we had 13 flocks or teams. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we anything and everything from operations to our DC to uh, our content creating team. And what I realized last summer is three, I, I saw three issues. One was I was pulled incredibly too thin. Mm-hmm. 13 people reported to me. And I, quite frankly, I was missing things. We had some major issues on different teams. And that was, due, that was 100% my fault. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't lifting up the hood, understanding what was going on because I didn't have the bandwidth. I would say, well, this is not sustainable. So right. yeah, I was pulled too thin. I was making mistakes, not catching things. There was also just a general lack of cohesion because a lot of our teams are kind of similar in ways. And when you have 13 individual teams not nested in any type of department, mm-hmm. there was just a lack of cohesion and things were getting missed. Everybody's really siloed. And then all the other leaders at the company were kind of pulled thin. We didn't have the right infrastructure set up. And so I took a step back and looked at our ecosystem and evolved it. And we went from 13 flocks to uh, 15 flocks. Mm-hmm. And we put those in six different herds. Uh, what's funny about these, this terminology is one of the things you work at Gooder is like the zeitgeist here is fucking wild. Totally. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm... I'm a I'm very self aware of how weird this sounds, so I just want to acknowledge that <laughs> a a a team is called a flock, a department is called a herd, and so we moved from thirteen individual uh, flocks to six departments, six herds, and each one of them uh, had different teams. So we went we basically it went like this: we had um, the 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 herds we created were creative and so there's a copy flock a design flock a content production flock and then direction so high level direction of the brand there's an energy herd that has our community managers so all the like activations grassroots stuff there's a media team that includes social media and the cabana uh, team fits inside there there is our revenue herd which has direct to consumer uh business to business and customer service 
There is our finance herd that has one flock right now that is accounting. It's having a business intelligence flock in the next couple months. We have our people herd, which is where you sit, yep. which has a help desk that's HR legal. There's a ministry culture is the team that you lead. And then another one called Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of a catch-all. I sit in there and we service the company in different ways. And then there's the operations herd, which has our DC, supplies, chains, and logistics, and product. Mm-hmm. Did I miss any? I think you got it all. I think you all got them all. <laughs> and so basically what I want everybody to understand is from summer 2021 to I would call spring of 2023, we are going, when it's all said and done, we're going to move from 13 flocks to six herds with 18 flocks. So that means we have introduced nine new leadership positions mm-hmm. in that time, which is pretty wild. And so I think that is one of the major, major shifts that we've had in the past year. Oh, that's huge. And completely, you know, moving from a, attempting to, to remain flat to putting that much structure, and I think has done a lot of great things for us um, in all the areas you mentioned. It also highlighted this opportunity that I don't think anyone was thinking about, except maybe on the creative team, which was the idea of an agency mindset, right? Yeah. Um, so can you talk us through what the sort of origin story is there and, and how we ended up rolling that out through our herds and flocks? Yeah, I mean, for... We have a basically a full on agency inside our building, right? Mm-hmm. We have a whole team called, we have a 16 person team that is creative. So that's copywriters, designers, production, and they've been the best at this for a long time. Like you need content made, you can submit a request and they, they serve as an agency, right? For this podcast. Hey, we want to start filming our podcast. All right. You, you, you put together a brief and then they set it up to make it happen. And so they were the, really the ones who've been living into it for the longest time, but this really kind of. The I think the tipping point to move agency mindset into every team was in March, I was doing a working session with our media team and realized that our community managers, so the people that lead our verticals, run Beast, they were spending two-thirds of their time doing social media. And I said in this meeting, well, let me get this straight. We have a media team. Their goal is media and social media. Mm-hmm. And we have a community manager team. And their goal is creating community, but they're spending two thirds of their time doing social media. So it sounds like we have two media teams. Right. And I mean, this is the problem. And Travis, who leads that team, is amazing. He goes, Yeah, I want to run our team as an agency where the community managers come to us, they give us a brief, and we execute for them. And so we took a step back and we're like, Yeah, we need to do this company wide. And so, uh, you, so now everybody kind of has this mindset where the people heard if you need somebody, a new person on your team, there's a process, you basically fill out a brief, a new uh, a pitch for a new role. They, at the end of it, if it gets greenlit, they serve as your agency. Mm-hmm. Finance, they're, your, they're anyone's agency to get money to do anything, uh, so on and so forth. And so we really had had this like major shift in this idea because we have... Uh, currently we have 15 flocks and there is a flock for that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything <laughs> yeah, you right. want, there's a flock <laughs> for, for that. Sure. And, and, and it's important. So we really teach this idea of service and how we can all service each other. Yeah, definitely. And it keeps people from doing it like the proverbial, oh, I just made this flyer. It's like, you didn't throw that away yeah, and go ahead and put a creative request in. <laughs> yeah. They're going to give you something probably better than a flyer and it's going to look better than whatever you were going to do. Yeah, and I think the whole crux of this is Certain teams, they're set up like this. Other ones, you sh- there is a mindset shift that you have to have. And uh, la- this spring, I was at the Work Human Conference and uh, got invited to be on their podcast. And mm-hmm. before we started filming the podcast, I sat down and I was talking to the team. I go, what would you like from this interview? What can I be? A- I go, how can I be of service to you? And 
they're like, well, what do you want? I'm like, hey, I'm here for you. You tell me what you want. Right. Because that's what I believe. I am there to service this podcast. What do your listeners want? And as a team, you know, you're in the ministry of culture. And so you are you are there to service the team. So if people need something, it's important for all us all, whether you're on a on the digital team, you're you're being asked to, you know, on the sales team to do new account acquisition plans. You are at the service of the brand and other people around you. And so that is the big mindset shift. And and it's hard at times because you're like, well, this fucking person's asking for me to do this. And it's like, well, yes, I mean, but this is what your job. Right. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're interdependent here. We're helping each other out. Uh, so, so if we can bring an agency mindset to our work, we understand the value that we're bringing to the organization, how we connect to other teams and what they might need from us. Um, we also use this thing that you've titled Vision 321, right? So we know we're able to look ahead into the future, three years, makes sense, right? Two, back to one, um, and kind of understand not only what we're doing, but where we're going. And I know that, that those things combined have created a lot of momentum for us. Can you talk about some of the benefits of, of having those two things together? Yeah, I mean, Vision 321 is, is, is for sure new and a huge part of our company now. So taking a step back, spring 2021 is the first time I did a vision plan. I did like one, two, five-year vision of mm-hmm. the brand. And in full transparency, when you first start a company, you are hyper-focused on paying, making payroll and creating revenue. And so really, there wasn't space, in my opinion, to have this long-term vision until we were about five years old. Mm-hmm. And I did it and then kind of didn't follow up on it in any way, shape, or form. And then early, so January 2021, we're planning for Spring Gooderstock again, which is our all uh, quarterly like summit for the entire staff. And I realized, we decided like, hey, every spring we are going to share the forward vision for the company. Mm-hmm. We went from a one, two, five year vision to a three year vision. And we did a vision three, two, one. One is just a clever way and you can count down. And also I think five years is incredibly too far to look out in the future. Right. It just really is. Yeah. So I started doing, putting together this talk and my initial idea was to talk shit to myself on stage in front of the company. I was going to walk through the previous year's vision. I, I'm like, all right, here's what I said we were going to do last year in year one, year two, and year five. And I was just going to blow my shit up. And what I realized is as I started going through, we did virtually everything on the list. <laughs> we either completed it or we were down the path of completing it. Right. And so in that moment, I realized how powerful, how good we really were at vision. And so my talk turned into, here's the company's three, two, one vision. Here's how we're going to get there. Then each herd, they did one for their herd and each flock. And so we nested this brand three, two, one herd three, two, one flock three, two, one. And then we took it one step further and we did an exercise with everybody at the company during this Gooder stock. And we said, Hey, what is your personal three, two, one inside of Gooder? What type of work do you want to be doing in three years and two years and one year? And are you making active steps and progress towards that? And so just this, this importance of vision three, two, one, and it's really been a major part of our culture and a game changer and something that every team and every person now lives into. Yeah. And it's crazy to see all the change that happens because of that. When you set out to have a clear vision and you know what success looks like, it's, it's easy to get the energy to go after that. And really cool to see how that the wins stack up to create change. For sure. I mean, what, what was your, you weren't part of the Gooderstock talks. Like, I'm kind of curious, what was your reaction? What did you think as you listened 
as we kind of presented this to the company? Mm. My first thought was, uh, you know, when people are like, oh, what's your, what's your five-year plan? You know, you feel like, I should have this. I should know. And, and, and your, your remark of like, well, five years is a little too far out. Like, I don't know. You probably couldn't have predicted being here five no, years out, sure right? Not. So realizing, oh, you know, setting it at three is much more reasonable and achievable. Um, and then looking at the things you said where you were like, I thought I was going to come up here and be like, I thought we would do all this stuff. And then we didn't. But we actually did and uh that is really important to to see that oh we can do this um it's not so far out that it's gonna just be like dreamland and when you look ahead uh just that far it's easy to see oh i can look at what i need to do this year to get like a third of the way toward that um and then the path becomes a lot more clear so i think it was really cool to see with big vision, what we're all able to do, especially when we stack our roles to our flock, to our herd, to our company as a whole. For sure. I think we drastically overestimate what we can do in a day or a week and underestimate what we can do in a month, a year, or three years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. Um, and then building that into all our accountability systems, right? AMP, PDA, all those things where we're checking our progress and making sure our projects align with those things um, really brings it to life. And then you, I think in that same yeah. uh, Gooderstock, you rolled out this this uh, new idea of NASA, right? Because we're, we're on a rocket ship, we're headed to the moon and beyond. Um, and so NASA uh, stands for Insights, Agility, Scalability, and Accountability. So can you talk about how you came up with that? Uh, and what it's for. Yeah, and just to be clear, we, we don't use the I uh, in the acronym. Yep. So, so insights just spelled with an N. Uh, which if <laughs> because, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm an awful grammar and spelling and I just make up words here. <laughs> um, but so every year, we started this in 2020. Every year as a company, we kind of take a step back and we try and solve one or two big problems. And it's a unified thing. So in 2020, when we kind of rolled this out, we were we wanted more clarity and better vision and or no, more clarity and more space so clarity we wanted just does everybody know what success looks like like what is their success in their role look like their team their day to day how can we just be clear on expectations and more space was just like mental and physical space in the day and so the next over the next year all of 2020 we basically systematically did maybe a dozen projects to nail down clarity. And so in 2021, I was like, hey, we got clarity on lock. And we didn't solve um, space. Uh, space was like, we eluded it. So then in 2021, we said, we are going to focus on space and vision, mm -hmm. having better vision. Mm -hmm. So then flash forward, vision is on lock. When I realized that we had done all the things that we set out to do, I realized that. And I publicly acknowledge like, hey, I'm going to put space over here for now because we like like we're that is going to be our 2023 focus because what was going on in the company was we were not scaling appropriately. Mm -hmm. Rapidly growing company. We were going, you know, we were a um, and we are 2022 gooder needs to act like 2025 gooder. Like we, we've been acting of where we were, right? We were a fish growing to the size of its bowl, and we need to realize, like, <laughs> hey, we are going to outgrow it. And what I realized is the focus shouldn't be scale. There was a lot more to it. I realized we weren't looking at data and insights. Like, mm -hmm. we know our patterns. We knew our growth pattern. If we were actually paying attention to all the insights around us, all uh, everything that was going on, we should be able to look at it better. So N is uh, insights. A is agility because I also feel like we were becoming a little too rigid where 
change is constant. Mm-hmm. And how do we put importance on agility and being excited to change quickly? So that's what like uh, insights is, you know, using data to make informed decisions. Agility is being excited to change quickly. S is scalability, asking ourselves constantly, will this scale? That's not just production, that's culture, right? right. Will things scale as we grow? And A is accountability. And my belief was, hey, scale will take care of itself if every project and major initiative we we do, we are looking through the lens of NASA. Mm-hmm. What are the insights that per- we can use to predict the future? How can we make plans to have agility and change quickly? Can this scale? Will this scale? What do we need to change to make that happen? And what's the accountability to know if we're on track? And that has been our focus this year. We have been doing, I think, a great job at it. Yeah. Recently, been working on a project with everybody, and we were going back through the team's vision three, two, one from uh, March, and we were saying like, like virtually every team is on track to do what they said they were going to do, which is a great feeling, and and it is just a. Last year the focus was you know vision. Now it's NASA. Next year it'll be space, and I'm I'm already ahead of that to to solve that problem. But yeah, that's that, that that's kind of where we are with NASA. But uh, I mean, from your standpoint. W- what is your t- what was your team's uh, 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 three focuses this year? Where are you at with them? Oh man, uh, off the top of my head, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, let's see, we were working on scaling scaling uh, um, our culture, which you did. Yep, for sure, uh, culture mastery, uh, the DEI side of things, and um, making sure that our space, literally, there that our office space we're in, yeah, is an awesome place to work for everyone. So creating yeah, right. connection and comfortable spot yeah i've seen your i've seen yours and i'm I'm like like, well they're on track yeah yeah yeah, totally um and then one thing i wanted to point out is that like uh this the vision is a bigger thing right it's it lives in decks that we see not all the time but the nasa checklist is in every single deck yeah uh, across the board so every project is looking at those things and going oh how did we arrive at this how are we going to make sure that it's agile and scalable and how are we holding ourselves accountable for sure in in the this thing happens where you know, production and ops, they're familiar with the term scale, but a lot of other teams, they kind of want to bristle at it. Uh, people could be wondering, well, you know, we can't scale. It's like, well, you can. Like, mm-hmm. it's not the same way, yeah. but it, but you can. And so once people actually kind of embraced it, we I've seen amazing projects and ideas and things shift in the interest of scaling. Like what worked for 2020 Gooder is different than 2021, is different than 2022, it'll be different than 2025. Mm-hmm, for sure. I think all of the changes that we navigate together, uh, a big foundational piece of that is the productivity system that we rely on. And, and we did make a big change yeah. from uh, getting things done GTD over to doing to done. Can you talk about why we chose to make that change? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one, I wrote the forward for the book, so we kind of have to. Yeah, why not? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, So doing to done is GTD is an amazing productivity system. It's what I was taught on. It's actually where I met Mike Williams, who wrote a doing to done. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a version that I believe to be like way more simple, visual and engaging. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes productivity systems become too elaborate and too big. Now I love that, but if we're trying to get everyone, the casual person to buy into this, we yeah. need to make it as simple as engaging as possible. And so we made this shift. Uh, so during onboarding, we teach it. Everybody here is, uses the doing it on system now versus GTD. And in, in, in simple terms, it was actually because we just wanted a simpler um, system to 
we want a simple, a, a simple, more engaging system for our team. Yeah. To yeah. manage all this change. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, all these things are shifting for a reason and that's because we added a new, uh, quarterly checkpoint that we didn't have before. We had it in a different form. Um, and that's called PDA, right? Present, present, debate, align. Uh, can you talk about why that's been so pivotal to our growth and scalability? Yeah, we used to have a thing called FMP, which was stand for Flamingo Migration Planning. <laughs> and it was actually really done way more from our community managers. It was a smaller version. And every quarter, the person who would lead run would, would be like, all right, well, here's what we did last quarter, and here's what we're going to do next quarter. Thoughts. Um, it, really, it, it was an accountability tool. Uh, it was a share tool and accountability tool and a place to get feedback. And what uh, we realized is it shouldn't just be with these few teams. It should be for the entire company. Yeah. And so moved it to PDA. Uh, PDA stands for present, debate, align. And so every quarter we take a Tuesday, Thursday. We have, uh, they present on the hour. So there's seven on Tuesday, seven, seven blocks on Tuesday, seven on Thursday. And each hour is like 20 minutes of presenting. One person might present, four people might present. But they present an idea, a project, something that they want to share, something they want to change, some new idea. It's a predetermined agenda. Then we ask questions, we debate, and on Friday the team gets together and we align and we're like, hey, out of everything that we talked about, what do we need decisions on? Is that greenlit? Is that not greenlit? Mm -hmm. And we get we get unified alignment. Everybody doesn't always unilaterally agree, but we align on the path forward. And that's the important thing. Um, and so that is like a big shift that we've, we've done and it has really changed how everyone here is held accountable and just the overall level up of people like standing up and presenting on stage is wild here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and even just the opportunity to, be able to present in front of everyone some new idea or some change you want to make and having that checkpoint of like, hey, that sounds like a great PDA topic. Why don't you go ahead and present that in November or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, new leaders, new flock leaders will come into the company and there will be a topic for somebody on their team. Like, I'm going to do that. I'm like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> that You don't own that project. Mm -hmm. You have the need, you need, the person on your team who owns that needs to do that. And so it's another way to encourage different voices, give people the chance to like shine, mm -hmm. you know, here at Gooder, um, it's not just like the, you know, the, the, the people leading a herd taking everybody else's work and sharing it. We really want everybody on every level to share the work that they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so cool to see how many people end up on that stage, pushing their ideas forward. For sure. And times I'll sit there, be watching people where I'm like, this person is fucking killing it. <laughs> so yeah, right. I'll, I'll be sitting there times like, this is incredible. Like, yeah. this, did they do this whole plan by themselves? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, other times we'll be like, well, they need to clean up that deck. <laughs> it goes <laughs> some salty feet yeah, right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so we've covered a lot of these checkpoints. Um, PDAs quarterly make sure we're staying on track at a high level. Um, I think the next most frequent checkpoint that we have is TWC or yeah. Tuesdays with Carl. Um, that's our almost every weekly team meeting, right? At least eight times a quarter. Um, so what? How did that come to be? How does that play in? And what are what are the level of kind of data that we're focused on in that yeah so this whole episode is about change mm -hmm. and twc is the best example of us evolving something over time to make it work for the current company we are yeah and so what i say with this twc tuesdays with carl was always done on a tuesday carl is our flamingo uh he's my co-ceo yeah um it's just a fun name but we started doing this in 2017 every tuesday and 
at that time, there was seven of us, 10 of us. We used a, a Google a sheet, like, like a Google sheet, and everybody would just kind of go through what are they working on, what do they need from people. And then from there, that evolved. We moved offices, we evolved to this, like, to a deck where everybody in the company, up till we were about 60 people, would get up on Tuesday and be like, um, you know, Steven, I'm green, I'm working on this, I need help with this. And we just constantly changed and evolved it. And so now, Tuesdays with Carl is every Tuesday. We have a giant team room here that is like decked out in design with a stage and like tropical posters that we refer to. It says fun and authenticity, we refer to as tropaganda. But TWC is a full on produced show. It is a two hour all staff meeting. The host rotates every week. So at Gooder, you just get put in a list and you um, will host uh, TWC within the first year of working here. And you get up on stage, you choose a learn piece. So they, they, they submit it. They, they, somebody would say like, hey, we're going to watch this TED Talk. So then everybody gets in small groups. We talk about it. You pick a song to dance to. TWC starts with the entire company dancing. That is correct. Like you, we start a staff meeting by everybody dancing. It's as awkward as you <laughs> think it's going to be until you accept it and you put on your sunglasses and just have fun. Um, then we share our revenue stats. Here's where we said we were going to be. Here's where we are. We're very transparent about that. DC shares where they are, customer service tickets. Every team share has a dashboard that they share. Then we, I do a culture talk, most of them. You do a, a piece on our, 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 mas- our culture mastery, what are we working on. Maya will talk DEI. We have a moment for gratitude where everybody can give each other gold stars. And there, mm-hmm. we have this like Plinko system for it. It's like a fucking variety show. Then there's a break. <laughs> We come in, I'll do a town hall where sometimes we'll have a topic. I will take questions from the team. We have this whole celebration where everybody has to, like, they, 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 people go over there one minute to lay out their celebrations and then we wrap. It is an amazing connection piece, amazing piece for celebration and information. And we evolve it constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, at first when I noticed things were changing, I, I always had this thought of like, oh, we'll go back to the other way yeah. you know at some point and then after i don't know maybe a year i realized like oh we're never going back it just keeps changing <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah that ship has sailed mm-hmm, for yeah. sure <laughs> um well speaking of one of the level ups for our team um within sort of that that tuesdays with carl structure uh we look to level up our our culture by speaking about specifically the the pillars of our values right on every tuesday yeah. we do that and then wednesdays we got wednesday worksheet or a piece of content that that relates to that and then thursday the thursday throwdown so we were looking at the way we were approaching mastery and sharpening our axes and saying well how can we get better at living into these values as a company um so, you know, b- before it was like, oh, give a talk and kind of let it go. But uh, this new format has shifted things quite a bit. So what are you liking about that shift in the way that we talk about and uh, hold ourselves accountable to growing in our culture? Yeah, you know, for we have a thing called AMP. It's our quarterly review system. AMP stands for Autonomy, Mastery, Purpose. And so since its inception, autonomy is your day-to-day job. Um, excuse me. Um, but mastery every quarter, people would have a, a, something like, like like one thing they're trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. So mine was public speaking, and what we realized is two things: one, it was really hard to create some type of um, it's really hard to encourage this on a mass level. And then at our core, our culture is so important, and we're teaching important things like communication, uh, growth mindset, gratitude, 
And so we took a step back. I mean, you and me and a bunch of other people in a working session were like, well, what if our mastery turned into culture focused? And mm-hmm. so now every Tuesday, you introduce what we're working on that week. I will do a talk uh, that usually ties to it. Everybody has an exercise and we get back together on Thursday and we do a share. And so we are all unilaterally talking about the same thing at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Like next week, we're talking about gratitude. Yep. And so that will be the focus for the week. So we are all on the same pages. We are, what my favorite thing about it though, is that we are putting our money where our mouth is and we are teaching people how to be leaders in the world, not just a gooder in the world. And, and it's really exciting. It's really exciting to be part of this because it, it's such a foreign thing. I've never seen a company do, do anything like this. Yeah, me either. And I really believe that the, the conversations we have determine the culture that we have, the way that we relate to each other, the things we're paying attention to and focused on as a group ultimately determine how we behave as a group. You yeah. know? So it's really, really cool to have this opportunity to say, hey, you know, uh, we're going to talk about ownership, vision, communication, professionalism. And we're going to go through this in ways that hold us accountable to go, yeah, that is important to me. And here's how it is important to me. And then we hear from each other uh, on those same things. It's not so much of a like, ah, I'm just going to push this information at you as a inviting and enrolling everyone into that conversation. Yeah. And we get to use shared language, mm-hmm. right? That's really, really important. Yeah. So people, we're all on the same page always. Yeah, 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 for sure. What's your favorite thing about it? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I think it's just such an awesome type of work. Uh, Mike Williams always reminds me not to get trapped in the weeds and look at like all the tasks I have to do, but connect my work to the things that I value personally and what it is that uh, you know I, I love to work on. And so to be able to get to manage the kinds of conversations we have and say, hey, we're going to look at this and in this way and we'll do this exercise and watch this video and have this conversation. Man, that's so fulfilling and rewarding to me personally. Yeah. Um, and I just love how it plays into everything we do as a company. Do you do you get feedback from people on this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, what's a, yeah. What's a good cool piece of feedback you've gotten recently? Ooh, uh, that people because of the conversations we had, they were like, oh, I just had no idea. Uh, they learned things about their coworkers or they had really deep conversations. Yeah, yeah. And the the caveat, I was always like, at work. I got to do this at work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, right. Doesn't have, feel like work. Has, uh, in the interest of transparency, have you ever gotten any, have you got any recent feedback of stuff where you're like, yeah, that's true, that we could do that better? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I think one of the exercises was like, it was like, this doesn't feel connected to the talk you gave or yeah, like yeah. to the, the thing we're doing. Like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I tried. Well, so it was connected to me. <laughs> when here's the thing, we live in a done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. Change is inevitable. And we really try to just get things out and do them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't work and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we will get to do it. I'd much rather live in that world than you trying to hold this for eight months yeah. and then it never goes live. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we ask for feedback, right? Because for then we sure. can go, all right, well, pfft. Next time around, that'll be better. Yeah, it is wild. I mean, our feedback culture here, that that has not changed. Mm-hmm. I have done talks where I thought it's amazing and I asked for feedback. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Or uh, I've done talks where that was awful and people are like, that was amazing. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Feedback's important. We'll, we'll trust them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so I think another shift, you you alluded to this by with the word cohesion, right? Um, all of our teams are essentially their own project managers. And at some point you realized, Mm, 
our teams are working autonomously, but not cohesively. And so you propose the creation of this team called the Cohesion Legion, um, right? And those are not project managers so much as project leaders. Can you talk about the value that that's brought to our company? Yeah. I mean, first I'd say they're not a team. They are a role inside other teams. That's right, right. Yep. That is something we've had to be very clear about recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in doing the whole ecosystem shift and moving from flocks to creating these herds, one thing that I have really benefited from since 2021 is I hired my first assistant, Hannah. She's 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 kind of an assistant, a project manager, um, everything in between. And she, it was a gift for me to have her because I'm able to be like, hey, there's this giant project. I need you to lead this. Like mm-hmm. Hannah is a project leader through and through. She's a fucking rock star. And I realized that in doing this, going to ask a lot more from the people leading the herds, which we call flock stars and wanted them to have their own project leader and in not an assistant, but somebody who could take on all the products of the herd, work with the flock leaders and the role is called the, you know, cohesion legion. So there's one for energy, one for people, one for finance, one for revenue, so on and so forth. And their goal is to create cohesion with the entire company, but but actually share what's going on. And we moved away from the term project manager because I don't want product managers. I want somebody to lead a project. Yeah. Other like outside this role of cohesion leading, there's also project leaders everywhere. My guess is half this company is a project leader. Mm-hmm. If I was really if you were really to boil down their job. And a manager, in my opinion, difference between a product manager and project leader is a manager can put together boxes a check, but they are hands off. Like, well, you know, it did, didn't get done. Sean didn't do his work. Right. A project leader leads the project, they ha- they raise their hand to solve things, they take pride in what's going on, mm. and they see it through to the end. And the, I mean, one of the best examples is Kayla, who's on The Guardians, she's an amazing project leader. You know, we were working on something, fast timelines, she would just be sitting outside my office, and, and be like, hey Kayla, I need you to watch that video and give me approval, I'm mm-hmm. like, awesome. And hey, I would love to live in a world where I didn't need that at times, but I do. But she took ownership of that initiative, and she was willing to do anything to get it to pass, which includes sitting us on my office, <laughs> having no trouble looking at the CEO on and be like, hey, fucking TikTok. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and you want this done? Move it. Uh-huh. And that is what we want. And so um, it's been a really, the the Cohesion Legion, sure, giving flock stars, project leaders, but also empowering a lot of other product leaders on this team to take initiative and do what needs to do what you have to to get done, including chirping me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be very easy to sit back and go, Oh, uh, we're waiting on Steven for this or that. Uh, but, but with the leadership aspect, it's like taking ownership responsibility and then just doing what it takes sitting outside your office. I need you to look at that. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, so taking a step back to look at our launches after all, we are a sunglasses business. And so we're dropping glasses all the time. Um, can you talk about Carl's blueprint and moving from a launch brand to a brand brand? Yeah. Last year, I think we're going to start talking about this, but one major shift we've made in the past year is we launch products like crazy, right? We'll do 60 drops this year, and out of those 60 drops, it's probably 150 SKUs. Mm-hmm. And we, we've done episodes in the past about how prolific we are at launching products. We're really good at it. But what we realized is we were letting launches dictate the entire calendar of the business. And really, if you look at our business, 
we go with the season, right? We're super low um, revenue in January and February. It starts moving up in March and April. And then May, June, July, it just skyrockets. And then kind of trends down in August and September. Dead in October, November. A little blurb for the holidays. And then mm-hmm. back again. And we realize that, well... 85% of our business is our inline SKUs. And, and so the we use these launches as an energy point, but we shouldn't let them dictate how we operate our business. They should be a side, they should be a, a, a kind of a side piece to everything. And so we made a fundamental shift. A um, couple of things we did, we we changed our launch um, uh, to what we called Carl's Blueprint, which is how we launch a product. And we really decentralized this idea and we speaking of autonomy we went to every flock and team every flock and herd that is involved with launching a product and we're like hey there's no longer this master thing that's doing this you are responsible for your own so we decentralized it and we put more effort and energy on the inline part of the business that was driving the the majority of our our work and it was just a fundamental snatch like we still launch a ton of products but it is not what we make our decisions off of, we make it off like the larger piece of the brand. And so, you know, we, we, we went from a launch brand to a brand brand. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. how we refer to it here. Yeah. Right. Just settling into what it is we're doing and how well we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is always blows my mind, but to this point we haven't done any really significant advertising. Um, we've just launched our very first awareness campaign to that end. So $25 active sunglasses for anyone. Can you talk about what led to that strategic shift? Well, uh, it's the first time we could afford it, number one. Uh, that there's <laughs> important. A, there's some realities to that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not sure, we maybe could have done it a little earlier, but for the longest time, we lo- we, we, we would just do low-level like um, um, performance media, right? Mm-hmm. So social media ads, Google clicks. And we just realized we'd been around long enough, we had such a strong brand, and we had people from the outside our people inside this building, you know, Kelly and Mike and Dan championing this idea like, hey, we need to do mass awareness. Mm-hmm. And we it was just time. And so we hired internal resources to make this happen. And we embarked on an awareness campaign uh, last over, over the summer. I think we got, you know, 250 million impressions, mm-hmm. which is wild. We've never done anything like that before. But really, it was the pinnacle of moving from a launch brand to a brand brand. It's like now... We don't need to, we shouldn't be relying on a new product drop to, to drive our business. We should be doing a much wider campaign and actually getting people into the top of this funnel. Mm-hmm, for sure. And especially when you realize just how, what percentage of the market it is we've already captured. It's like, oh, there's a lot of opportunity. A lot there. of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe shift in that direction. Yeah. Um, so reflecting back on all this change right over this past year or so, um, what are some of the patterns that you see, you know, a bunch of stuff's changed, but there's there's some that haven't. So so what emerges for you there? Yeah, I mean a ton has changed. But way way we've had way more things stay the same yeah. than change, right? It's yeah. just change is what is discomforting to us and so we we think about it. But really when you look at our core, right? I mean, we still have um we have more flocks and now we heard but the flocks are the same and every flock is run independently. They have their own name, their leader, um it, they have their own values, right? That has stayed the same. We have flock leaders. Now we have a flock star. We still use Enneagram. We still use Dare to Lead. AMP is still the same. We've we've tweaked it. In TWC, it's a different version of it, but way more is the same than is than is different. I think the ecosystem is a big thing because if if you listen to uh, episodes from the past couple of years, it we just that was a fundamental shift. But 
I would say that the uh, way more things are are the same than have changed or are, are slightly different. Mm-hmm. What what is what's uh, what's your idea? What's your thoughts? Like like, is there anything we didn't touch on that, that that's changed? Uh, I feel like we covered most of it. I, I think the key is like um, what hasn't changed is that if you want to thrive here, you've got to be able to roll with changes, right? And have a growth mindset and um, be willing to take feedback and approach your work in a way that you can hold it a little bit lightly Yeah, <laughs> uh, and know that like, oh, well, you know, that's how we used to do it. And we're going to need to shift this moving forward. Um, so maybe, maybe it is more about the, on the individual level, like, Hey, you, you know, we've all got to approach this work with curiosity and agility and just a willingness to put our energy into something that might shift halfway <laughs> through the course of the project. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, uh, I reject, you know, like sunk cost fallacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we invested, um, $50,000 and a bunch of um, time into this thing. I'm like, yeah, but it's not working. Right. Throw it in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sean, I have written at least 50 talks where I've spent five, 10 hours on them and threw them in the trash. Mm-hmm. They were not good. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that is just a, a really uh, important thing. So I think one thing that has also kind of stayed the same is our my ability to be transparent about, um, of, you know, like, Hey, mindset, leadership, and and what it takes to like really thrive here at Gooder. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we keep our values of fun and authenticity. Those drive us. And so as long as those are the things that we're working towards and our pillars, we are going to stay the same company. We're just going to evolve, you know, appropriately. Yeah, for sure. And I think also you've done a great job of helping to create space to admit when we're wrong, we've made mistakes, things didn't go how we th- thought they would or yeah. hoped they would. And that that's huge, right? If if you feel like you need to pretend like everything's all good all the time, man, that's a tough spot to be. People give me so much feedback about how much they love when I talk about when I fuck something up. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, well, I mean, give the fans what they want. So if, <laughs> if that's what you all like, I will happily do that. Yeah. Actually, so, th- so now when I fuck up, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell people about this. Right. Put this. L- legit. I'll, I'll be like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Blue this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Stellar talk in the yeah. works already. <laughs> all right. So let's head over to Circle Bar here. Uh, was there anything that you want to answer again or that you didn't get to bring up? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I would just say that... At, Everybody's at the big shiny object, and so we do change a lot, but like we're way more the same than we change. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is just, and although we have changed a lot, and this episode is about change, we are way more anchored in like our core tenants than um, we are not a um, bright new object company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. So before we get out of here, any advice or next actions for someone who's trying to navigate change in their own world? Oh man, I mean, uh, if you can, you know, make the goal to be excited about agility versus rigidity, then you're on the right track. Love it. Prescient, (laughs) simple focus wisdom. All right. Well, thanks Steven. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Subscribe and get episode extras at gooder.com slash culture. And until next time, be excellent to each other. Thanks for listening to the Culture Gooder podcast. To submit questions for the podcast, learn more about our culture and learn how you can status the quote challenge, head over to gooder.com slash culture. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, including on YouTube, where you can now watch all of our new episodes. Who knows? You might even catch a glimpse of Carl at our headquarters if he's not already passed out at the tiki bar from all the margaritas.